வெல்கம் டு கிரியேட்டிங் வெல் த்ரூ பேசிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் பாட்காஸ்ட் இன் திஸ் ஷோ வி வில் டிஸ்கஸ் அபவுட் பெஸ்ட் அண்ட் வர்ஸ்ட் எக்ஸ்பீரியன்சஸ் அபவுட் பேசிவ் அண்ட் ஆக்டிவ் அப்பார்ட்மெண்ட் இன்வெஸ்டிங் அண்ட் ஐ ஆம் யுவர் ஹோஸ்ட் ராமகிருஷ்ணா லெஸ் பிகின் த ஷோ டுடேஸ் அவர் கெஸ்ட் இஸ் சார்ட் கிரிஃபிஸ் from NAI Commercial Real Estate. Welcome, Chad. Thank you, Ram. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Sure, and thank you very much. And a little bit about Chad. Chad has been an industrial real estate broker since 2005. Over the past 16 plus years, Chad has completed over 500 transactions with clients ranging from local companies to large institutional owners. In addition to earning SIOR and CCIM designations, he has earned a diploma in urban land economics from ubc and an mba from thomson rivers university he has given numerous interviews locally and nationally regarding the commercial real estate market and have had articles published in forbes western investor and real estate magazine so with that chart you like to add anything to your background i think that sums it up uh, quite well I, i guess one thing that that i could add on to it is uh, i love talking about industrial estate so i'm i'm glad to be here I uh, happy to answer any question you have uh, regarding industrial estate because it really is a passion of mine. Sure, sure definitely. So w- would you share your thought process of getting into real estate and industrial space specifically? Yeah, so it actually goes back about uh, 18 years now. Uh I was working in a restaurant, wanted to get into more of a professional career. Uh, I had bought and sold a couple of houses with friends of mine at the time and saw real estate as being an, an attractive opportunity uh, so i actually started in residential real estate i got my license and in, in about 2004 i did residential real estate for a year and quickly realized it just wasn't something that i saw myself doing long term uh, so i asked uh, a couple people that i knew if they could make some introductions in the commercial space that led to an interview at the nai commercial in 2005 the interview went great i ended up taking a job on the spot right after the interview and and i've been there for 16 coming on 17 years now awesome awesome so what is any specific reason your focus on industrial space and so what is our benefits you know i really like addressing that question because it's not a conventional answer i didn't even really know what industrial real estate was when i first got started i i thought i'd be selling office buildings or perhaps working in retail space i had a vague idea of what industrial real estate was but it wasn't something on my radar at the time but the office that i ended up joining nai i uh, happened to have a very big presence in industrial real estate in my market so i almost accidentally stumbled into it by just virtue of the office that i ended up joining and while i look back on it now as being very lucky i i'm also very grateful because uh, had i not joined that office i don't think i would have went into industrial real estate uh, but i'm very very fortunate that i did because it's been a it's been a wonderful career and i can't imagine anything else that i would have done over the past 16 or 17 years that would have been as good to me as industrial real estate has great what kind of asset classes come under industrial space the there's three main subcategories that will be under industrial estate and that's manufacturing properties warehouse properties and flex properties and manufacturing are are the ones that probably a lot of people are, have a little bit of familiarity with that's just basically all the buildings that house operations where things are made so it could be an assembly line it could be a manufacturing plant it could be a steel fabricator basically anything where things are made that's going to be a manufacturing property on the warehousing side 
I think a lot more people have familiarity with with warehouses, especially with e-commerce growing. And we probably all see Amazon fulfillment centers going up in in major areas now. Uh, In my market, as an example, there's a 1 million square foot distribution center right off the main highway. So everybody knows about it now. So I think a lot more people are familiar with warehousing. And that's essentially just where things are stored. So it could be a a shipment of, of goods come into the warehouse. Perhaps they're stored for a while or they're repackaged, reassembled, and then they get shipped out. A warehouse in the most simple terms is just where things are stored. And then the other one would be flex industrial. And that would be an all-encompassing category to describe properties that are typically going to be zoned industrial from a, from a municipality standpoint. Their, their zoning is going to be industrial, but they won't conventionally fall under either a warehouse or a manufacturing property. An example of that could be a car showroom uh, where... You could appreciate there's a little bit of showroom space at the front where they have their cars. And then there might be a, a large building at the back where they actually do the work on the vehicles. Uh, and that'll be an industrial building, which just happens to be on a main road. So that flex category is, is kind of everything that isn't neatly described as either a manufacturing or warehousing property. Got it. Uh, that's great. So would you share uh, your thought process of identifying markets, market research, you know, identifying, you know, best places to invest in industrial space? What, what I would recommend to anybody that is considering industrial real estate is that you want to get a very broad understanding of what industrial real estate is. And a building in my market is going to be somewhat similar to a building in North Carolina or LA or Chicago, the buildings themselves aren't going to deviate too much. So I think getting a really solid understanding of what an industrial property is would be the first step. And then the second step would be just getting a lot more granular and studying each individual market that the person is looking to invest in. Uh, So my market is an example what I do is, is I try to stay on top of all the data that's coming in. So any property that sells, I want to be aware of it. Uh, if there's a big tenant in the market, I want to know about it. If there's a new development going up, these are kind of all examples of things that I just want to be in tune, in, in tune with. And having that local knowledge combined with more of a macro level understanding of what industrial real estate is really equips an investor to understand exactly what they're getting and have a comfort level knowing that if they make an investment, it'll deliver a return. Got it. So what other indicators like demographics you would look when you looking industrial properties? Yeah. I mean, the, the easiest ones that people will find themselves gravitating to would be vacancy rates, what the absorption rate is. So how, how much space is actually being leased on, on a net basis. The, these are the commonly quoted statistics. I think from a standpoint of looking at it more intensely so that you're actually comfortable making a decision versus just having this high level information, I think you just really need to get into a firm understanding of what the industrial market is from the standpoint of what sale prices are and then what the corresponding lease rate is going to be. And if an investor can reconcile paying a certain amount that that it requires to purchase a property and they can lease it out for an amount based on what market lease rates are going for and their numbers can make sense on a on a 5 or 10 year pro forma i think that that's a much better exercise to go through than just looking at those bite size information that you see in market reports like vacancy and absorption rates i think that those numbers are important but i think it also goes beyond that and requires people to have a much 
deeper understanding of what comparable properties are selling for and then what the market is like once you actually have to go out and find a tenant. Great information. So uh, during our conversation offline, so you mentioned you're also investing in industrial space. So would you share your investment philosophy as an investor and also as a you know, yeah, broker? Yeah. So I've been a broker since uh, an industrial broker since 2005, and I started investing myself in 2014. And I'm a pretty conservative investor for the most part. I think my philosophy, if I could describe it in one sentence, would be to protect my downside risk first. So that's the mentality that I go into every property with is, yes, I want to forecast a certain appreciation in the property, whether it's from just prices per unit going up or whether it's through incremental increases in the lease rate, paying down the mortgage and the cash flow. I, I obviously want to make those projections as well, but those projections often require a lot of assumptions five to 10 years in the future. And I don't have crystal ball on anything that can happen. None of us predicted what was going to happen in, in March of 2020 with the uh, with the pandemic. So there's a whole bunch of things that can upset the assumptions that we make in those performance. So instead of relying on those projections, I, I always start my process by looking at what my downside risk is first. And more specifically, that, that just comes with making sure that I've got some kind of buffer in there that if, the, if there's a tenant in there and that tenant leaves, then I can at least lease it out and mitigate my, any costs in there. An example of one that I've actually told before is uh, if you were to buy a property that had a tenant in there for five years, as an example, and something happened where they had to close down, well, are you going to be able to release that space to a similar type of tenant? And by that, I mean profile of the tenant or the covenant of the tenant. Are you going to be able to lease it to an equal type of tenant or perhaps even better for the same type of lease rate? And if you can't, then to me, that delta rep represents the downside risk. And I would far rather protect that risk going into the acquisition than trying to figure that out at some course during the, the process that I own it. So that's how I would sum it up uh, in one sentence that I elaborated on probably a lot longer than, than, than you uh, asked me for. But I would say that that's my one main philosophy is if you protect your downside risk and in doing so buy a property that you can hold on to without having any fear of needing to sell it for for fire sale purposes i think you're in a much better position to hold that longer term and i'm also a believer that the longer you hold a real estate uh, asset the more profitable it'll be for you awesome awesome and thank you thanks for sharing that so how covid is impacting like industrial space in the last 18 months yeah, it's interesting. When when this all unfolded in March of last year, there there is two or three months where I'd say the whole the market as a whole was was very uh, unstable. Nobody really knew what was going to happen on whether tenants were going to be able to pay their rent. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot more questions than answers. But as people started getting more comfortable with the situation, not comfortable with COVID, but just more comfortable with the situation and the government injecting a ton of money into the system. Uh, we saw industrial not only stabilize uh, in the summer of 2020, but it actually started accelerating. Uh, one example that I point to is, is Prologis, which is a, the largest industrial property owner in the world. It's a real estate investment trust, and they own 
industrial properties all over the world from January of 2021 until now, their stock is up about 35%. So I think that that's just reflective of how, how much demand that there is for industrial real estate right now, with the exception of multifamily, which people obviously need a place to live as well. Uh, I think industrial real estate has has performed very well over the past 12 to 18 months. So would you share any of your breakthrough moments in the industrial space? I would say having having gone through this market as a broker for the past 16 years or so, I would say that up until a couple of years ago, it was a very boring asset class. Not boring from working in it, but boring from the standpoint that there weren't a lot of big fluctuations you very seldom would hear about industrial real estate in the news. It was always about the office market or retail, especially with e-commerce coming in. Uh, That seemed to garner a lot of the headlines when it came to commercial real estate. And I think over the last couple of years, I would say that this even predates COVID, we started seeing a lot more attention being given to industrial real estate. COVID has certainly accelerated that because now you can click on uh, a commercial real estate news story or a website, and you're almost certainly going to see content around industrial real estate right now. So I think it's gone from being that boring yet stable asset class to one that's finally getting some attention in the news. And with that just becomes more investor interest. So where the average investor had no appetite to add industrial real estate to their portfolio 10 years ago, it's now becoming a regular conversation that I'm having. Great. I can see that. Thank you very much. So would you share any of your best uh, industrial real estate investing experience so far? I'd love to share my successes, but I'd also share a failure as well, because I think one of the misconceptions with real estate investing, and it certainly includes industrial real estate investing, is that people only have successes. Uh, And I've had failures too, and and the failures hurt. And part of that, those failures is why I've developed that protect the downside risk mentality. Uh, one property that I that I bought in 2015, roughly, was a, a small industrial condo, and there was a tenant in there that was that also owned the neighboring space. They weren't in a position to to buy the next door one, but they needed to expand, so they did a lease with the owner at the time, and I ended up buying that unit from the owner who leased it to them. And my whole thought process on it was that at some point they'll they'll be the likely buyer for for the space since they own the one next door. And they ended up putting in a, a large commercial grade cooler in there. They're a seafood distributor. So they put in a large cooler, cost them about 250 grand all at their own cost. And I thought that just solidifies this investment because now they're definitely the buyer for it, or at least I could keep extending them on the lease. Uh, when it came up for their lease to be renewed, uh, they actually went completely silent on me and uh, they weren't getting back to me and I heard from someone else that they were actually looking at another space. So I was caught in a position where I had a unit that, that wasn't compatible for, for most other users because it was essentially a large cooler. And long story short, because we had several negotiations with them, I ended up selling that for about 15% less than I bought it for because it wasn't compatible. That downside risk that I failed to properly account for at the beginning ended up biting me and sold it for 15% less than I had bought it for. Uh, fortunately, I cash flowed through it throughout the, the four and a half years that I owned it. And we also paid down a good chunk of the mortgage. So it wasn't as bad as it could have been. But I, that's one of the things that I always say to, in, to investors is that you really want to be careful because if you make the wrong purchase, it can actually uh, 
it can be detrimental. So I think it's important to emphasize that people do make mistakes in industrial real estate. And that was definitely one that I made. Some of the successes that I've had, I've had more successes than, than that one failure because I've been able to add a handful of properties since 2014. And combined with partners that I have on, on all of that, we now have a pretty significant portfolio that we've got going. Got another $4 million pro- property under contract right now as well. Uh, if we close on that one, they'll take our portfolio to about 16 million. But again, I've got partners on all of that and we've got debt on it too, naturally. So all of those properties are all cash flowing right now. We're paying down the mortgage on all of them as well. And I'd say the biggest success story that we've had through all of this is that going through COVID, we had to temporarily defer two tenants' rent payments uh, as they were just trying to navigate through the situation. And they've since repaid that amount that we've deferred and we don't have a single tenant in default. So they're kind of two sides of of the coin there. There are opportunities to fail in this, but if you're patient and you buy the right properties and you manage them professionally, there's an opportunity to really make really good money uh, investing in industrial real estate. Got it. So, So what is your current focus and share something you're excited about now? Yeah, my my still day to day operations is brokerage. I I love being a broker. I I just I love working with with people. I'm in a fortunate position now where I can be more selective on who I work with. Uh, so I don't necessarily work with everybody. I I want it to be a good fit where I'm passionate about working with them and the, that loyalty in return is also important to me. But I I love brokerage and I love uh, also using the how fortunate I've been on the brokerage side to use that revenue to reinvest into industrial real estate. So when I said at the beginning that I'm passionate about industrial real estate, it is literally all that I think about from from the moment that I wake up in the morning until I go to bed. I constantly am thinking about industrial real estate. And I think that there's still a very long runway provided investors are prudent with what they look at. I, going back to that earlier comment I made about how a lot of new investors are considering industrial real estate, I think more, more for, so for them than anyone else, an experienced investor as a comparison, they just need to make sure they're really doing their homework and due diligence before they get into things. But if they have the right team on their side, and by that I mean like a, a lawyer, an accountant, a banker, broker like myself, if they've got a right team on their side and they, they patiently pick the right property, I'm excited by the fact that I think that there's still a lot of opportunity to make money in this business. Yeah, any one advice that have impact on you, Chad? I, I think the biggest thing that that I've done repeatedly is that I've just been a student of the industry, and I even I've got quite a bit of education, including doing some graduate work, getting my MBA. I've done a lot of education, and I I don't think that that prepares me for fully understanding all the ebbs and flows of the industry. So whether someone has a lot of education or whether someone has no education, I don't actually think it makes a huge difference in this business. As long as you're willing to put in that time to fully understand all the inner workings of the industry, as well as keeping track of all the data and trends that come in. I think that if if someone could have no education at all, but if they did that consistently, really understood the mechanics of industrial real estate and really understood all the nuances that happened in there, I would put that person up against someone with a lot of education that doesn't do any of that. 
So that'd be the one piece of advice I'd have for any investor is just make sure you fully understand everything you can about the market so that any decision that you make is coming from having a foundation of firmly understanding exactly what the market is. Great. A- any books that impacted your life and what way? Yeah, I, I think probably the cliche one that uh, that everybody uh, mentions that starts as in real estate is Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Robert Kiyosaki... Uh, it, He's put out some weird stuff lately, so I'm not a fan of his anymore. And even looking back on some of those books that he wrote, I think that they were very basic, but that they they still left a very firm imprint on me uh, in in terms of my investing career. Just in terms of how you how you look at an asset and and how how all the cash flow is so important. I, I really got a lot of value from that when when I read it probably 20 years ago or so. Now, uh, I've I've read a ton of books on real estate investing. Uh, but the one, and not even one in specific, but the group of books that I think have had the most impact are the books that I've read that talk about industrial real estate. And I've read books on industrial real estate architecture and building design. And uh, I, I've, I've even read books on supply chain management and how warehouses are set up to accommodate shipping and receiving. Uh, I've, I've read books on electrical power and HVAC units and some of the most boring books you could possibly imagine. But I did so with the sole purpose of of just getting to understand industrial real estate at a deeper level. So I, I think that there's plenty of books out there that that people can pick up to to read. And if you just go onto, uh, onto Amazon and just look for real estate investing and, and pick a book that's had a, a lot of good ratings, that, that's a really good place to start. But I'd encourage people to go deeper than that. And whether it's multifamily, industrial, retail office, whatever it is, I would encourage them to go beyond just the real estate analysis and get a really deep understanding of what that asset class actually is. So that, that's what I would say the, the most important group of books that I've read uh, are the ones that speak to industrial real estate as, as, as a property as opposed to just an investment metric. Got it. How are you giving back to community chart? Yeah, I, I would say from the day I started in this industry, I've, I've, I didn't even look at it as giving back because I, I didn't necessarily want to have the mindset that I had to get something first before I gave it back. I've been giving to the industry uh, since I started, and I've just I've served on a number of of different boards and committees. I've raised a considerable amount of money for charity. We did a poker tournament as an example. We did it three years in a row for Children's Wish, and over that three years. Uh, we raised over two hundred thousand dollars for Children's Wish, uh, so I, I've done I've done a ton of nonprofit work as well as just volunteering on industry boards and committees, and also just fundraising. But I, again, I, I didn't want to be looking back later in my career and say now it's time to give back. I just wanted to give to. So that that's been a conscious decision of mine since I first started in the industry. Yeah, how can listeners can connect with you? Uh, well, the one thing that uh, that I'm spending a lot of time on right now is building out a YouTube channel on industrial real estate. So if they just search for for my name, Chad Griffiths, uh, I, I think I'm the only one or one of a few people, anyways, that are making content on industrial real estate. And and I don't have any expectations on on how big this can get, other than the fact that I just love talking about industrial real estate. And I wish that there is more content available when I first started. So I'm just trying to fill a bit of a of a gap in the market that I see is there. So if you just search my name or search industrial real estate, uh, probably one of my videos will show up. So 
if you wouldn't mind watching one of those and consider subscribing, that'd mean a lot to me. Uh, or you can look me up on LinkedIn as well. I'm, I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn. Awesome. Th- thank you, Chad. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for adding value to the show with industrial space. Yeah. And, and thank you to you as well, Ram. I really do appreciate you taking the time to, to think of the questions to ask. And, and I really enjoyed the conversation that we had. And, and I wish you all the best with, uh, with your podcast as well. You've, you've got a fan in me. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. If you like the show, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And if you want to connect with me, please send me a message, info at ushacapital.com. Thank you for listening. Creating Wealth Through Passive Apartment Investing Podcast. I hope you learned something from the show. See you in the next episode. Thank you. Any information provided from these shows are educational purpose only. As always, please consult with your own CPA, legal and financial advisor before investing.